Welcome to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. I am glad that you have joined us today. Glad you've tuned in. Uh, We have today an excellent show, probably one of the most important shows that we have done to date. Of course, we are entering into the Lenten season. Uh, this last Wednesday, we had Ash Wednesday, which was the, the beginning of the Lenten season. Of course, Sunday is actually when Lent begins. Uh, of course, there's lots of different ways to count it, and none of them really add up to 40 days, but we have the 40 days of Lent nonetheless. Uh, so here we are in this penitential season where we are progressing toward Easter, recognizing our own fallenness and our own sinfulness as we begin to look for a Redeemer. And we will experience that Redeemer together with great celebration at Easter, which is a season, not just a day. And that season goes on for 50 days. So we have this 40-day penitential season in preparation for 50 days of celebration. Now, I was planning on doing a lot of this show surrounding the topic of Lent and the history of Lent, and, uh, you know, things have turned out a little bit differently. I found out earlier this week that I have a friend coming into town uh, who's going to be on the show today, and when I first knew he was coming to town, I knew I wanted to do an interview with him, and I wanted to uh, to present that at some point in time to you. So I was thinking that I was going to pre-record that interview, and then uh, somewhere down the road after we're through Lent and through Easter, then I would do a show where I played that interview. But as I began to read the readings that we're going to do today and really meditate on uh, what I wanted to give to you, uh, as we look to Lent and look to understanding our own uh, our own nature, uh, the more I felt compelled that, no, we really needed to do that interview right now, today. So uh, I, I do have my friend in from out of town, and now I, he's asked to remain anonymous on the show. So we're going to give him some different names as we go through the show, because uh, I need to, to address him in some manner. Uh, but he's chosen to remain anonymous due to the sensitivity of the topic Uh, about which he speaks. So I do want to let you know that today's show is going to be a little bit of a sensitive topic. We're going to be talking about uh, human sexuality and in specific his experiences as a person who has experienced same-sex attraction and how he has chosen to live faithfully as a Catholic and and reconcile being a Catholic and, and having those experiences. So if you have younger ears, this may not be a show that you want them to hear. Uh, you might you know, shuttle them off into another room, or you might choose to listen to this on, a, on another day when we broadcast or on our podcast. And I'll deal with that a little bit more as we get closer to the interview in that second segment. Uh, but because this is an interview day, of course, he's not an author, so it's not a book day like we did last week and, and previously, but it is an interview day. So I want to go ahead and get through as much as we can here in this first segment to do our, our readings from scripture and to do the, the readings from church history uh, in this first segment. So since we've got to rush through it, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. And due to the sensitivity of, of today's topic, we're going to pray a prayer for wisdom. Uh, And so if you'll join me in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations through Christ our Lord. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here we are on the first Monday of Lent, and our opening reading is from the book of Leviticus. Of course, we're going to start off looking at the law because we're examining our, ourselves and seeing our own shortcomings in order that we may more fully understand and appropriate the graces of God. And so the church starts us off here in the very beginning of Lent, looking at the law to show us what we lack. And we have this reading from Leviticus 19. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole assembly of the children of Israel and tell them, Be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not steal. You shall not lie or speak falsely to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, thus profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud or rob your neighbor. You shall not withhold overnight the wages of your day laborer. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not act dishonestly in rendering judgment. Show neither partiality to the weak nor deference to the mighty. But judge your fellow men justly. You shall not go about spreading slander among your kin. Nor shall you stand by idly when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am the Lord. You shall not bear hatred for your brother in your heart. Though you may have to reprove him, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your fellow countrymen. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That reading comes from the book of Leviticus chapter 19. Today's responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 19. Your words, Lord, our spirit and life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Today's Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 25. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. 
naked, and you clothed me, ill, and you cared for me, in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? And he will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. That gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Today's reading from church history comes from St. Asterius of Amasea, a bishop. You were made in the image of God. If, then, you wish to resemble him, follow his example. Since the very name you bear as Christians is a profession of love for men, imitate the love of Christ. Reflect for a moment on the wealth of his kindness. Before he came as a man to be among men, he sent John the Baptist to preach repentance and lead men to practice it. John himself was preceded by the prophets, who were to teach the people to repent, to return to God, and to amend their lives. Then Christ came himself, and with his own lips cried out, Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. How did he receive those who listened to his call? He readily forgave them their sins. He freed them instantly from all that troubled them. The Word made them holy. The Spirit set his seal on them. The old Adam was buried in the waters of baptism, and the new man was reborn to the vigor of grace. What was the result? Those who had been God's enemies became his friends. Those estranged from him became his sons. Those who did not know him came to worship and love him. Let us, then, be shepherds like the Lord. We must meditate on the gospel, and as we see in this mirror the example of zeal and loving-kindness, we should become thoroughly schooled in these virtues. For there, obscurely, in the form of a parable, we see a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. When one of them was separated from the flock and lost its way, the shepherd did not remain with the sheep who kept together at pasture. No, he went off to look for the stray. He crossed many valleys and thickets. He climbed great and towering mountains. He spent much time and labor in wandering through solitary places until at last he found his sheep. When he found it, 
He did not chastise it. He did not use rough blows to drive it back, but gently placed it on his own shoulders and carried it back to the flock. He took greater joy in this one sheep lost and found than in all the others. Let us look more closely at the hidden meaning of this parable. The sheep is more than a sheep. The shepherd, more than a shepherd. They are examples enshrining holy truths. They teach us that we should not look on men as lost or beyond hope. We should not abandon them when they are in danger or be slow to come to their help. When they turn away from the right path and wander, we must lead them back and rejoice at their return, welcoming them back into the company of those who lead good and holy lives. That reading is from a homily by St. Asterius of Amasia, a bishop. Today we are challenged by Christ in the Gospel and by St. Asterius in the homily to look beyond our own conceptions of people, to look to those who are poor and needy and cold and hungry and everything else, and to go outside of our own walls, to outside of the walls of our church, to outside the walls of our preconceptions, and to give aid as if we were giving that to Christ, to care as if we were caring for Christ, And St. Asterius recalls another story of a shepherd uh, where, out of a parable in Luke, where Christ goes out to reclaim the lost sheep. And he calls us even to a higher standard, not just to care for those outside of our social standing, the poor and the hungry and the naked and those in prison and ill, but also to care for those who are in sin, to go outside of the camp, outside of the walls, to find them, and not just to find them and accept them and uh, and cheer where they are, but to find them and restore them, to reclaim them, to draw them back into the fold, back among the safety of those who are following God, uh, to, to draw them back into relationship with God, those who are far away. And so this is our challenge and something we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. Uh, as we chat with a special guest and a friend of mine. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. This is Father Joe Townsend from St. Benedict's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, You are listening to Outside the Walls on 102.9 St. Michael Catholic Radio. Thank you, Father Joe, and thank you for tuning in to Outside the Walls. I'm Timothy Putnam, your host. Uh, And as as we said before the break, we've got a special guest in studio today, and I'm I'm excited because this is the first interview I've had face-to-face. I've been dealing with phone calls and schedules and getting everything figured out on our previous interviews, but today we have moved heaven and earth and we have our, our guest in the studio with us today. Now, as I said before the break, the, the topic today is a little bit sensitive. Uh, and so we're going to talk about human sexuality. And if, uh, if you've got younger children, it may not be suitable for that. But I do want to encourage you, if your kids are in high school or in junior high, these are conversations that are surrounding them in the culture. They're getting it everywhere. And so it, it might be a good idea to let them hear this conversation from a Catholic perspective. But if you're not quite ready to deal with this yet, 
uh, with your children, then you might turn it down, shuffle them out of the room, and then come back and listen to the podcast later or listen to us uh, when we're rebroadcast. Of course, we air the first time here on Monday morning at 7 a.m., but then we rebroadcast Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. This is probably one of the most important episodes that we have done to date, and so I do want you to, to listen to this, but I also don't want you to be constantly looking over your shoulder and nervous about it. So uh, my guest today has asked not to be identified by name. Uh, and I, I said, what am I supposed to call you? He said, I can't tell you that. And I said, well, this is not easy for me. I've got to make up a name now. Uh, and so uh, I would like to welcome into the studio uh, Terrence McNally. Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> nice one there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what happens when you put me on the spot. We just, we're going to come up with one. Earlier, he was Nigel, but I, I figured Terrence is probably a little bit more appropriate. So, uh, Terrence, you have a very interesting story. Uh, you grew up uh, in uh, where you grew up, that place, and uh, and your experience is, is not really all that unusual, uh, I've heard more and more about people who are finding themselves uh, where you found yourself uh, and who have struggled to reconcile that with their Catholicism. So why don't you tell us about your story in, in your own words, in your own dialect, Terrence in McNally. My own, in my own dialect. All right. Fa- fabulous. Um, first, thanks for having me. Uh, okay. So my story basically starts out like this. Uh, there was uh, an incident that happened in my life that caused me to really 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 question my sexuality um i don't need to get into detail on that on the radio but the short story is uh the idea that oh my goodness i'm gay that might be who i am was uh planted in my mind at a reasonably young age at, at the very least a very vulnerable age mm-hmm. at a, a very vulnerable point in my life and um the short story is that that seed uh, you know i gotta i gotta be honest and with myself and saying like at that time I didn't want to be the gay kid so of course I ran from that Cause, you know like the, the quote the gay kid air quotes for the radio listeners you know <laughs> the, the gay kid gets picked on in the locker room all that stuff right I just wasn't wasn't really thrilled about this whole thing and uh, I, I, I decided to uh, run by becoming rather promiscuous with women trying to prove that I was straight right? I'm thinking everyone's mm-hmm. gay or straight or somewhere in between and that's just how people are, right? And that, that reflects the way the world, right? The world is saying, hey, listen, you're, you're, you're one of those stripes of the rainbow, but that's it. Like, you are on this spectrum. Right. Gay, straight, or somewhere in between, and that's it. And and that spectrum's got quite a bit more complex over the, the last five years, but it's still that spectrum. Yeah, it's still the idea that that we are should be first and foremost defined by the attractions we experience or the or the inclinations we experience. And, mm-hmm. and I mean whether someone likes to agree or disagree with where I was at that time is, is kind of moot. The fact is I didn't want to be that. So I, I pursued a, a life that would uh, try to convince myself that I, I wasn't the gay kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the short sanitized version, <laughs> version of the story. Um, but that's not where the story ends. Oh, not even close, man. <laughs> so you have come to a place that maybe is a little bit unique and the way that you approach now your identity, and that that came through through the church uh, as quite a surprise to you, but also to maybe those around you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When people when people would ask me like how how did you ever end up in the Catholic Church? Isn't the church supposed to hate gay people? 
I would, I mean, in, inevitably have to say, well, I found out the church didn't hate me. So obviously you're getting fed a different version of the church mm-hmm. than I am, you know? Right. And I remember just doing my homework up and down, trying to find out what is, right? Because I was living a lie my whole life anyway. And everyone was trying to shove their opinions down my throat. And I was like, I just don't want this. I don't want someone else's lie or someone else's less than the fullness of truth to be something I should embrace. I just want to know what is, what simply is. And uh, the more and more I I became open to understanding the Catholic position, uh, the more and more I was drawn to it because everything, there there was truth in it, you know? There is truth in it. And um, yeah, uh, against everything that the world was telling me, that the church could never love someone like me or someone who was experiencing same-sex attractions or who even self-identified as gay, there's that identity question, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. there it was finding out that 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 the the church first of all had had truth and secondly i wasn't being exiled and thrown out like the world told me that would happen so tell me a little bit you said you weren't being rejected tell me about those people who reached out to you and and embraced you and brought you into uh, the truth of the church you know it's really it's really crazy because you know, it, it was the absolute, the not what I expected. You know, I was so fearful and and had so much shame. It, it's it's ironic because I, I know that I shouldn't be shameful for something I didn't specifically choose, right? But for some reason, I I had shame in that. But these people, they just loved me, and they loved me and saw me for as a person. You know, they didn't see me as uh, you know the, the gay kid. You know, they saw me as the that kid or, you know, or that person. It wasn't about sexuality. Can you imagine that in a world today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that, that was so appealing. It was like, finally, some people who are not putting me in this box, they're not putting me in this box and they're not saying and, and not, not ramming down into in, all over me saying that the only way I could be honest with myself is if I say, hey, I'm gay, hear me roar. Right. You know, because I hear that from the world all the time and it is false because you have so many people who are like me who are, are we're ready to acknowledge the existence of the attractions. No problem. You know, no mm-hmm. big deal. I didn't specifically choose it. I know, you know, it is what it is. But that does not mean that I need to say I'm gay and this is who I am and then make it who I am. Right. And there's a lot. I'm meeting tons of people who are like, oh, my gosh, finally, someone who gets me. I'm like. Well, that's good. Somebody who gets me too. That's good. We get it. There's the world has been deprived of this idea that people could somehow not self-identify according to their sexual attractions and their inclinations. It's it's actually really sad. So you know, I I've noticed this even beyond sexuality. I've noticed this proclivity to categorize the world and categorize people rather than seeing the person as the person we make labels for the person so we've got we've got the poor and the indigent and the the immigrant and the liberal and the conservative and the uh, the heterosexual and the homosexual and it's like once we get a label and we categorize that person we know what to expect from them and then we expect them to behave according to the 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 whole criteria that we have for that box and if they behave in a way that's different than that box, uh, then there's uh, 
some ostracizing that goes on. And well, really, there's some ostracizing that goes on just in the in the point of labeling them. Because if I can label you and say, oh, well, you're you're one of those people, I don't have to really pay attention to you. You're, you go in that box, and I only deal with people in this box. Exactly. People just love those boxes. And um, if I had like three seconds to like reach your heart, I'd say stop putting people in boxes. That's mm-hmm. it. The, the young kids that are coming home from school, and they're like, hey, mom, um, I'm a lesbian, or hey, dad, I'm gay. You know, uh, what's on TV, you know, they, they, they have been told that they belong in a box and that's coming from well-intentioned people, I'm sure some of the time, right. but, but they're coming home with this box idea and it's, it's totally pushed onto them. And just like it was pushed onto me, but that not everybody fits in those boxes. And secondly, those boxes are too small because, right. because those identities are too small. You know, to, to self-identify as a straight or gay or something in between like that, that's simply incapable of reflecting the fullness of who you are as a person. Those labels are inadequate. And I just wish people would come to see that because if we're talking about a world where, you know, we, we supposedly want to be honest with ourselves, well, I can be more honest with myself if I embrace a label that is bigger than that sexualized label. Mm-hmm. But, but the world, like, won't have it, you know? I found that truth that we, we are more essentially and, and, and it, I found that in the Catholic Church the church wants me to self-identify first and foremost first as a person and then part of being a person right. is being a creation created by a loving creator that's, that's part of that but the idea that just because the attractions um, exist that it necessitates that I must embrace a particular identity the church says no that's not true but the world says it is true now, now, I know we got to go to break right away, so I'll be real quick. It just boils down to this. The attractions that I was permitted to experience, I did not specifically choose. But how I choose to see myself, I do specifically choose. Therefore, if I want to be honest with myself, I have to consider them distinct. It's just that simple. Yeah. Honestly, that's it, man. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm in the church. I love it. You know, I think of uh, the scripture... Where Paul says, you know, all of these people will not see the kingdom of heaven. And he goes through this list. And Paul is fond of lists. And at the end of it, he says, ah, but such were some of you, and you were perishing in that, before you received the grace of God. And on that list are people who, uh, who identified and acted out uh, lives in homosexuality. But... When he says, and such were some of you, that means that we don't have to be bound by any of those identities, whatever was falling into that list that deprives us of the grace of God. Rather, by the grace of God and the trans- being transformed by the renewing of our minds, we can identify then, first and foremost, as the adopted, beloved children of God. Yeah, the adoptive, beloved children of God. And it's right, it's totally by God's grace. And that, by God's grace, opened my heart to virtue. And I, I really hope we can talk about that soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that right after the break. Uh, we are talking with my anonymous guest who chose not to be named, and so we have given him the name Terrence McNally. Uh, he may have a different name when we come back from the break. It just depends on what mood I'm in, uh, because I kind of have free reign to do whatever. So today we're talking about identity and how we choose to identify ourselves. We're going to talk about that in the context of Lent as we progress towards being Easter people through this journey of Lent, uh, right when we come back. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. 
We're fun. You're listening to Outside the Walls with our daddy on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM. Thank you, kids. Well, welcome back to Outside the Walls. We have a special guest with us today who chose to remain anonymous, and so we have called him uh, Ricardo Strauss. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Ricardo, thank you for coming on the show today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) So we've been talking about how we choose to identify ourselves. Uh, and the boxes that we often put ourselves in. Of course, the Catechism and, and other documents of the Church are very clear that we are to recognize the dignity of the human person that comes by virtue of us being made in the image of God mm-hmm. and not by anything that we do or don't do or, or anything along those lines. And, and in Matthew, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 25, Jesus is talking about uh, our responsibility as Christians to do to the least of these as we would do to Christ, to feed, to clothe, to to reach out, to be present, to visit in prison and sick. And so we see in the poor, we see in those who are different than us and in the boxes that we have made, uh, we've put Christ into each of those boxes. Because whatever we do to the least of these, and frankly, if we're honest, that's what our boxes are for. It's a place to relegate who we perceive to be the least of these. Then that's what we've done to Christ. We've ostracized him and put him away and questioned his dignity as a person. And so it's our responsibility. And St. Francis uh, really did this very well. And Pope Francis, I think, is leading the way for us to do that again, is to witness the person and look past all of the behaviors, look past all of those things and ideologies that we disagree with and see simply the person. And so uh, our guest, Ricardo, uh, (laughs) he is a person who has experienced in his life same-sex attractions, and yet he has chosen to identify based on Christ. Uh, And so this is a very important topic for us, one, because it's a very common box that we like to put people in, but two, because of the way he's chosen to identify, I think is a, a wonderful picture for us as we enter into this Lenten season, journeying together toward Easter, where we are uh, trying to grow uh, by putting away those things that hinder us, whether that be chocolate or too much TV or uh, whatever else. We fast from those things to, to draw our attention to our own weaknesses. And then we grow by pursuing virtue. And this is something, uh, Ricardo, that's very near and dear to your heart. Amen. So why don't you tell us uh, how you have chosen to identify and how that will affect us as we are journeying towards virtue to grow more and more in the likeness of Christ this Lent. Okay, super. Um, well, first of all, I mean, the reason I'm here is by God's grace, you know, and, and just and, and, and desiring to be honest with myself, too, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I came to know that God could love me because of people like you and your listeners, all right, if you're out there, mm-hmm. you know, um, who received me where I was and walked with me on a journey, right? They didn't point me and say, go go to aisle six, right? They walked with me to find what I needed. Mm-hmm. And 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 I needed Christ. I needed I needed God's love. I needed to know that He loved me. And I needed to know where I kind of stood with him. I needed to know that he's my loving creator, you know, and that all the things that I did in my past, you know, are, uh, he, his mercy's bigger than that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and 
I'm not really sure it's like chicken and egg, like virtue or Christ, which came first. But opening my heart to Christ saying, yes, I want this, that helped open my heart to virtue. And I came to realize, you know, over time that to, 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 uh, to be fully open to Christ because we love him, number that's the motive, but because we love him, we will be fully open to growing in the fullness of virtue. And one of those virtues has, happens to be chastity. I'm more convicted out of my love for Christ to want to uphold virtue. And I joyfully see the virtue of chastity as a beautiful yes to God and self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I mean, back in the day, I used to think it was like a white knuckled no, you know. And right. It's not like that at all. But there's a joy in virtue. And I didn't... I didn't know that before I knew that. I don't, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. you I mean, don't know, you don't know what you don't know. I don't know what I don't know. But, but I came to see the joy that was in virtue and I wanted that because I didn't have that. Well, and so many people, I think, try whether, whatever their temptation is. Uh, for you, it was same sex attraction. Uh, I have my own set of temptations. All my listeners have their own set of temptations. And we get this idea, this Pelagian idea that if I just will it, hard enough and I white knuckle it and I go cold turkey and I say I am never doing that again by by an act of my will I'm going to grasp on with all my might and and not let go and then yet we find ourselves in the confessional week after week month after month because we are not really capable of of white knuckling it yeah and you know what also that that kind of reminds me of the idea of, of being focused on on um our sin of impurity instead mm-hmm. of fo- being focused on the, the joy and focus of purity. Well, it's like, you know, we're in the Lenten fast and people give up various things. Uh, my, my children give up dessert. My, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I won't think about chocolate. I won't think <laughs> about chocolate. I won't think it. Of course, all you're doing in that is thinking about chocolate yeah. rather than pursuing that virtue, which redirects and reorients and captures our attention away from that, which would be detrimental. Yeah. To and us. it totally transforms your heart. It's mm-hmm. unreal how it does that. Yeah. Um, that That's what we need to do. As far as I'm concerned, is, is stop focusing on the, the vice of whatever it is and, and, and open our hearts to the, the holy things that we can, that we can enter into in place of that vice, such as self-control. Why? Well, for the glory of God's kingdom. That, why? Because I love God. I mean, that's why, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't feel here. Here's the big thing because the, the attractions are something that were of my experience, you know, and I can acknowledge, you know, the, the fluid human experience, no problem. But for them to be locked down, boxed, this is who you are, and that's that's who you forever shall be. Um, I'm beyond that. I am so past that, and I'm I'm quite frankly I'm sick of people trying to put me in boxes like that because they're not big enough either. And and it's I think it's a real disservice when we try to do that to our youth, as I brought up already. But when I did that, it, it dawned on me that we are breaking ourselves from the idea that it's our nature. To experience this particular type of attraction is my nature to love people because I'm a relational human being, right? You know that's what it is. But uh, but uh, like the idea of a particular attraction, like uh, the the experience same sex attraction being my nature, um, you know. That's a stretch that I don't think is going to fly. You know, this is something we talked about last week that our culture has reduced uh, love to affection, and we've reduced affection 
to romance, and we've reduced romance to sexuality, which means that you can't have a romantic relationship without it being sexual. You can't have an affectionate relationship without it being romantic, which completely gets rid of the, the possibility of having a disinterested friendship, to have true uh, camaraderie with oh, someone exactly. without it being, oh gosh, well, you, you, they look, they're, they're yeah. having a loving relationship. It must be sexual. Yeah, oh my goodness, those two dudes are hanging out. They must be gay. You know, like back right. in the day, that meant being best friends, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. And so this whole generation, oh my gosh, my heart just breaks for them. They are being deprived of the opportunity to experience what it's like to have a best friend without having this haunting idea that, hey, guess what? It means you're gay. Right. You know, something you were saying earlier, you were talking about uh, turning our attention away from the vice and pursuing Christ and looking to Christ. And, you know, I hate to tell you, but that's plagiarism. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. You, the writer of Hebrews beat you to it. Uh, and he says, <laughs> since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that's set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So to turn away and to let go of those things which either hinder us or our sins that weigh us down and to focus on Christ. And and, and, and just want to throw that on there that the sin is, the committed sin is not to experience a particular attraction, but to self-identify in a way that elevates yourself above God, to, to mm. identify in a way that is idolatrous in nature to say, uh, I am gay or I am straight for that matter and, and right. really make it who you are because what you've done is push God out of the picture. And by the way, no worries about the Bible verse. That's how you know I'm Catholic. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about uh, even the danger of identifying as straight. There was an article in First Things. So if you just Google First Things against heterosexuality, there's an article by Michael W. Hannon there that I think is just really uh, insightful in helping us see, one, that this whole, uh, this whole spectrum that you talked about earlier is really a very recent uh, development in human history, and that before uh, even 60 years ago, it was not thought of as you are either one or the other, but rather heterosexuality was a way to be to, to redefine normal to have sexuality outside of the the, uh, the sacred bonds of marriage, and so we aren't called to be heterosexual. We are called to be faithful to the vows that we make uh, in the holy bonds of matrimony. We have just a couple of seconds left before our break, but what are some resources that you can give to my listening audience to help them understand how better to help those whom they love? Oh, uh, the, the, probably the best place to start first would be to go to the Courage International website, www.couragerc.org. Okay. Awesome. Make that a starting point. And also there's lots of awesome heart-grabbing stuff on the Chastity Project. If you Google Jason Everett, you can find some good stuff there and a lot of other uh, places, but definitely start at Courage and those other places first. So we'll put those up on the website as well. You can find that at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. We've got uh, just a little bit of time left with Pedro when we come back from the break. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. Glad to have you on the show today. 
Of course, we have a special guest in the studio today who's chosen to remain anonymous due to the sensitive nature of this topic. Uh, but we've given him a name because it, it's hard to just use generics. And so the previous two sections, he's had two different names. And so now we're going we're gonna to give him the name Carlton Rogers. <laughs> Carlton, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we all have people that we know that we love, family members, friends, uh, college roommates, whatever the case may be, who uh, either when we knew them or, or since have identified as gay or who have embraced the homosexual lifestyle. And, you know, a lot of times we feel very unprepared in engaging that person in a meaningful way. And so most often it ends up being a, well, I'm just going to kind of be cordial and wave and I'm going to stay way over here in my own space. Uh, but your life was changed by Catholics who came and embraced you and brought you the truth. Uh, and so how can we uh, how can we do that in such a way that it doesn't condone a person's uh, behavior and yet embraces them as a person? Mm-hmm. That, that's the golden question. Well, what you said earlier, Catholics who brought me the truth is more like Catholics who are living authentically to the faith and they radiated a joy so big that I wanted it mm-hmm. and so I was drawn to them so they didn't they didn't like come after me trying to say hey you need to do X, Y and Z right they were more like uh, we will receive you where you are they didn't say this of course this is what they did they received me where I was and I knew I was loved and there was something about them. Of course, it was it was like God's love was radiating through them, right? So, so when we're thinking about this in the community setting, like I mean, there's a reason why I'm in the Catholic Church now, and it's because of people like you. And 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 if 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 we are not out there praying and going to reconciliation and tuning into what the Holy Spirit is truly, uh, how He's calling us to respond to these situations, then our chances of pastorally responding in a, in a fruitful way are going to be low. Well, but I, I would say that all of those things are essential. But these people that, that brought you back into the church, they radiated a joy from close proximity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't uh, shying away from you. They weren't somewhere else. No, they were in a place where you could see them and be drawn to them. And when you were drawn to them, they reacted in a certain way. That's right. They, they, and their reactions, I guess, would only have been known to them and what God was putting on their hearts, right? Mm-hmm. There is not a one, two, three, you know, this is what you do and it'll be, everything will be fine. They had a relationship with me and they knew how to handle my heart. They knew that because they knew me. So I guess on that note, the idea would be get to know people, listen, you know, listen to the hearts of the people and try to understand where they're coming from. Because if you if you don't, then, I mean, it's almost meaningless. It's almost kind of like a fraud, right? It's like you got to care enough about somebody to understand or to desire to understand their journey. And that's how we come to grow together with anybody, never mind mm-hmm. this topic, right? And, and you care, and if you authentically care, then, then hearts become transformed. And that's something, again, bigger than this topic. Well, Carlton, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. Before you go, we've got a couple of tickets that we need to give away, and I want your help with it. So uh, if you are listening, you need to go to your social media platforms. Uh, go to facebook.com slash step outside the walls, or our Twitter handle is at outside the walls, or you can pull up an email and get ready to send that to uh, outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. And so in just a moment, my guest, uh, Pedro Gonzalez here, uh, he's going to, to ask us a question uh, 
some trivia question. I don't even know what it is yet. Well, I don't either. <laughs> well, so we're going to give him a little bit of time to think about that. And then you're going to answer on one of those social media platforms. And I've got those tickets to give away to you. What is the nickname of St. Thomas Aquinas? Oh, my. What is the nickname of St. Thomas Aquinas? So go on over to facebook.com slash step outside the walls or send us a tweet. Our handle is at outside the walls or send me an email. Uh, that email address is outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. And uh, the first person to answer that question correctly gets those two tickets to Matthew Kelly's Passion and Purpose event on March 7th. We've just got two more tickets to give away after today, next week, and then uh, and then that date is upon us and the event is here. So y- this is your opportunity. Go ahead, Google that real quick, find out, see if you can get the answer in faster than anyone else. Uh, the question again is, what was St. Thomas Aquinas's nickname? It uh, wasn't necessarily a very... Uh, pleasant nickname. It was one that people used to to mock him a little bit. So look that up and, and get that answer to us. Now we're just almost out of time, but I did want to remind you about the Catholic Advocacy Day coming up at the state capitol. So there's an informational meeting about that uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, February 24th at 1 p.m. at Church of the Madeline. And that's going to be presented by Richard Klinge, the Director of Advocacy and Legal Services for Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. And then as, uh, as Catholic Advocacy Day gets closer, it's an event that's sponsored both by Catholic Charities in Oklahoma City in the Archdiocese and by the Diocese of Tulsa Catholic Charities. So that date is going to be uh, Tuesday, March 24th at the Oklahoma State Capitol. Uh, you can find out more information uh, by going to this meeting on February 24th. Of course, there's also uh, some more information about it on my blog. Uh, and you can find that at stmichaelradio.com. Up in the top corner, top right-hand corner, it says blog. You click that, and then there's several options. So you want to make sure to click the Outside the Walls blog, and you can find out more information about Catholic Advocacy Day there. We're also going to be this week putting up some uh, some posts regarding this topic that we talked about today that you can uh, delve into a little bit further, and maybe you want to join that conversation either on the blog or on social media. And in our last minute together, I just want to encourage you, uh, go on to Facebook or onto Twitter and write down, let us know what you are giving up for Lent and what you are picking up as an extra Lenten practice. Let's see what we as a community are doing together and walk this journey of Lent together. So whatever you put, just do a hashtag, lay it down, pick it up so that we can find those easily. And I'll go ahead and start off. So be looking for that on social media. You've been listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.